In this episode of Lore Club, we discuss about the Forsaken's rise to power, Sylvanas' terrorist tactics, and how a demonic infection gave the Dark Lady power beyond her imagining. Welcome to Lore Club, your World of Warcraft community podcast for stories, theories, and everything else in between. And now, here is your host, Kai Sharky Boy. Hello everyone, and welcome to Lore Club Episode 2, Sylvanas Windrunner, the turbulent mind of an unethical war chief. Part 2. If you decide just to join us in this episode, I would highly recommend that you listen to Episode 1 to catch up on what we discussed last time. If you decide to skip Episode 1 entirely, let me give you a quick recap of our last discussion. Last episode, we talked about Sylvanas Windrunner's life before she became undead, her family life, and her resurrection of becoming the Banshee Queen. We also discussed on how the Forsaken was formed, the Wrathgate incident with the production of Blight, and how the Valkyr became the Necromancers underneath the Dark Lady's control. Today we are going to discuss how the Cataclysm not only opened up the gates of Gilneas to join the Alliance, but we also get to see how the Forsaken's failed siege of the city paved the way to change her war tactic dictative actions. So let's continue our tour into the history and mind of Sylvanas Windrunner. The Cataclysm was the almost world-ending event that shook the land of Azeroth into chaos and destruction. When Deathwing, the former Earthwoman, rose from the fiery depths, the gates of Gilneas were damaged enough to be exposed and caused the walled-off city to be exposed. Sylvanas seized this as an opportunity to evade the Worgen Savage Land and claim its crucial port city for the Horde. Although, whether through overconfidence or underestimability, the Gilneans were more resilient to the threat than the Forsaken anticipated. The Gilneans were more than prepared to defend themselves and had embraced the Worgen curse to their fullest advantage. Not only did they take on their new wolf-like forms, but they started to outnumber the Forsaken forces by joining the Alliance. Not only did the Gilneans took their new wolf-like forms, but they started to outnumber the Forsaken forces by joining the Alliance to stop the invading force from taking full control. With the events transpiring about the Alliance Grown's force in the city and the pressure of Garrosh's advisors, Sylvanas had to start taking desperate measures to complete her mission. Despite the Kromgard's best efforts in the Undercity, the Royal Apothecary Society was able to develop more of the blight chemical weapon that was used in Northrend to decimate the remaining forces within the city and force the Gilneans to abandon their home. Although, blight was not the only method that Sylvanas used to terrorize the remaining citizens of Gilneas. As the campaign continues on, they started to recruit more of the dying forces into their ranks of the Forsaken. One such Forsaken was known as Lord Godfrey, one of the former governors of Gilneas who took his own life after discovering that King Grainmane took the powers of the Worgen and becoming one of those filthy beasts. When he was revived as Sylvanas' champion, things did took a turn for the worst. During a hostage negotiation, things turned ugly when Godfrey opened fire upon the Dark Lady in a fit of rage for letting the Worgen leaders live. After running off with his conspirators, Sylvanas was laying dead for the third time, as the Valkyr accompanying her panicked in trying to revive her. Their only choice was to use all their powers to sacrifice themselves in order to revive Sylvanas back to the world of the living. From then on, she knew that she could not trust anyone outside of her inner circle to follow her command, and ask us, the adventurers, to hunt down the traitor inside Shadowfang Keep. Although the mistrust of others did not end there, she began a reclaiming of the land campaign within the Plaguelands to expand her Horde empire, starting with the nearby town of Anderhall. 
At first, the Forsaken did reluctantly collaborate with the Alliance to clear out the remaining Scourge forces, but then there was a sabotage operation that sparked a whole new conflict between the Forsaken Party and the Stormwind Party within the small town. Now, it's hard to say who fired the first shot, but some evidence would point over to the two Death Knights that were commanding the forces at the time, known as Thrasian and Colterra. They had a reputation for conspiring against each other's side, but that is another story for another time. As the battle waged on, Sylvanas heard about Colterra's friendship with the Alliance-sided Thrasian, and forced the Death Knight to some conversion therapy to remind him of whose side he is on. This would probably be another example of flexing her dominant muscles over her subjects, ensuring that she would not be betrayed again. But as time goes on, her trust with the living would slowly wither and die with the rest of her humanity. As time passed, a horde continued with conquering land after land beyond the shores, when eventually Garrosh Hellscream decided to go rogue and take over the city of Ogamar with his new horde. Although one interesting tidbit did surface from the siege of the Orcish city. When the Sindori and the Forsaken took to the shores of Durotar to invade, there were massive casualties all on all sides, and Sylvanas jokes about raising the Blood Elves as Forsaken, but backs off when Regent Lord Lothmar Theoden said that it would have taken things a little too far. Now in this context, this would have raised a lot of concern about her mental stability, the fact that she jokes about raising the dead as forsaken soldiers without giving a second thought about the possible consequences, it just reveals that she's willing to sacrifice the living just to push her own agenda forward. This fact was even pushed even more forward when an assassination attempt against Garrosh was being planned out by her sister Vanessia. In the Christian Golden novel War Crimes, Garrosh was held trial in the Vale of Eternal Blossoms for his past crimes. Under the shadows of the trial's recess, Sylvanas proposed a deal with her long-lost sister to poison his food while trapped in captivity and become new rulers of the Horde. Fortunately, or unfortunately to some, the assassination attempt was sabotaged due to Anduin Wynne, who was Prince of Stormwind at the time, discussed the poisoned food and prevented the poisoning from happening. This pushed Sylvanas over the edge of sanity and began a spiral of distrust to anyone who did not breathe undead air. After the events of Drenor and stopping the Iron Horde from invading Azeroth, Sylvanas was thrust into power when the invasion of the Burning Legion came to Azeroth to burn it into an eternal fellfire. During this time, a massive invasion against the Broken Shore caused one of the biggest military disasters in Azeroth's history. Not only did the massive firepower of the Legion stop their combined armies, but the land was unsuitable for large-scale invasions. This in turn caused the Horde and the Alliance to split up and have Sylvanas' Dark Rangers take higher ground. But after a fatal blow from a demonic spear struck Vol'jin, their current warchief at the time, Sylvanas was forced to retreat from battle and take the Horde and the Dark Rangers with her. When they returned to Ogamar, Vol'jin made a bold proclamation on his deathbed. He consulted the Loa from beyond the grave and proclaimed that Sylvanas would be the next warchief of the Horde. Now, I have a very interesting theory about how this transgression came to be. When Vol'jin got hit with that spear, it did not really exactly kill him right away. If he was killed just by the loss of blood, and he would have died in nearly in the middle of the sea. But instead, he actually died due to the infection of the wound. If you take a look at the cutscene, you can actually see that his wound is covered in black and has a little bit of a green nearby his skin where the wound is. Now you might be thinking, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you see, it wasn't the wound that really killed him. It was actually the infection from the wound that causes death. An infection did not only kill off the body physically, 
but it can also cause delirium or insanity. Diseases such as pellagra or malaria were known to affect the human mind as well as the physical body. Also, this is not the Burning Legion's first attempt at biochemical warfare, if you actually take a look at our last episode. So it could be possible that the Noth regime kind of like anticipated that they may not be able to conquer this land. And so what they did is they kind of put uh, some type of special disease on the spear in order to strike down Vulgen as kind of like a fail-safe plan. And since they kind of knew about Sylvanas and, and her unstable leadership skills, it could be the perfect recipe for sabotage. But again, this is kind of like a conspiracy theory, so don't really take this to heart. But if you kind of think about it, it wasn't really a God's proclamation that caused it was because of disease. But of course, again, this is just a theory. Although Savannah now had a complete power of the Horde, things would start to unravel when her own people, the ones who sought to protect, began to revolt and die off due to their own abandonment of the Queen. In the novel Before the Storm, a new council was made in the Undercity to act as representatives for Sylvanas during her absence. It was actually quite a progressive move on the War Chief's part, implementing democracy within the society. But due to censorship laws and secrecy among the Sylvanas' most trusted, it was really more of a thin facade of democracy for Sylvanas' true intent to gain more power. Of course, this doesn't stop the council from finding peace with from their living cousins of Stormwind and finally put an end to this conflict that had been plaguing them for years. A big ambitious plan was made with the forsaken Archbishop Onimus Fowl and Kalia Menafil of Lordaeron to reunite the humans with their lost undead relatives. After months of preparation and numerous diplomacy between the two factions, the meeting at Stromgard was finally becoming a reality. At first, everything seemed to be going according to plan. But then, something snapped within Sylvanas to commit the greatest crime against her own people and cemented her reputation as being a dictator of her great dark country. And so, this is the end of part two. Next episode of the trilogy, we're actually going to find out why she actually burned down the world tree. I'm Kai Sharky Boy, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Lore Club. If you want to see some updates, put in a suggestion for a new topic, or you just wanted to say hi, follow me at Kai Sharky Boy on Twitter. You can also find me at Cast and Call Club for any of your voiceover needs. And feel free to stop by by my website at sharkyboystudios.wordpress.com for blog updates and more. And remember, I'll see you soon.